Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Solar Panel Slash Suns Jam Session podcast. We come to you tonight following a victory by the Phoenix Suns in Game 2 of the Western Conference Semifinals. That's now five in a row for your Phoenix Suns as they are victorious and go up two to nothing in the series. This is a reminder if you're watching live on YouTube to go ahead and hit the thumbs up button and also subscribe. And if you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review there as well. As I bring in the different participants on tonight's podcast, I'm going to ask them one thing. Give me four words to describe this game. So let's start with you, Matthew Lissy. Welcome to the show. How are you hey, doing? Thank you, John. I'm doing great. Of course I am. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. You know, and, and I just got to ask, you know, four words. Describe tonight's game. <laughs> Chris Paul is the real MVP. I think that's one, two, three. That's five, but okay. we'll allow it. We'll allow it. He is the real MVP. All right. Welcome to the show, Saul Bookman. How are you doing tonight, fellas? <laughs> Pretty good, and I can do this in less than six. I promise you that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Jeez. Matthew uh, doesn't Time constraints, well. dude. I, my thing was going to be Chris Paul as a boss. So Okay. Okay. I love it. More love for Chris Paul. All right. Let's bring in Greg Esposito. Greg, how are you doing? Are you going to say ahoy hoy like four times? Ahoy hoy. <laughs> no, me uh, my four words. I'm so sorry, Dario. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You know, we'll, like we'll, get one, it. we'll get into the smoke break a little bit later. I think there's some, uh, some people who have some forgiving to do for our buddy, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Dario Sarge here tonight. Uh, and then last but not least, joining the podcast for the first time, uh, welcome to Surging Suns. Serge, how we doing? You got four words for me? Yeah, uh, chugging with the fellas. Ooh, chugging with the fellas. All right. Well, if you got them, ladies and gentlemen, cheers. Let's chug with the fellas. Oh, God help me. Is that a Pepsi? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow, dude. Very good. That's, that was great for the people listening on the podcast. Espo's chugging up. Very nice. I like Serge's, that. So what was your beer of choice tonight, harder. Serge? Uh, a Papago Orange Blossom. Ooh, that's actually that's, that's kind of a tough one to chug. I've got, actually got a, uh, a Four Peaks Sun Brew, one of their Kolsch's here. So shout out to Four Peaks right there. We've got plenty to talk about on tonight's podcast. Rat, recapping this win over the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I don't even know what the final score was. What was the final score? It's a 25-point victory. That's all you need to That's know. That's all we need to yeah, know. doesn't so, matter anymore. There you go. Well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do the drop. But you know what? I'm not – you know, let's crack them if you got them. <laughs> How many you got drunk. in your pocket there, John? tonight, baby. <laughs> hey, you know what? I got a <laughs> drinking problem. And on that note, we're going to bring in the theme song – by our buddy Zane Zor. Again, cheers, Suns fans. Let's talk about this victory in game two of the Western Conference semifinals. I want to hear you scream And mug, 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 mug the Nugs, the Phoenix Suns did, winning by 25 points tonight at home behind another raucous crowd. Final score was 123 to 98. Another fantastic performance by the Suns. Uh, gents, as we go around and take a look at kind of, you know, we, we can start with your four words. You know, Serge and I just 
uh, down some beer. I'm going to be highly intoxicated here in a few minutes, so I'm probably going to stop talking. Bit, huh? yeah, yeah, you know, so uh, Matthew and Saul, we'll kind of start with you. Uh, you know, you were mm-hmm. talking about uh, CP3 being, you know, the real MVP and everything. Let, let, let's talk about that a little bit. A fantastic performance tonight by the point God. He ended with a total of how many points was it? Uh, 17, 17 points. 17 and 15 assists. And zero turnovers. Zero turnovers. Let's talk about it, fellas. He's done that more times than any other point guard in history in the playoffs. That's, that's unreal. 15-plus assists three times in his playoff career with zero turnovers. That's unbelievable. I, that guy has just been phenomenal. It's good to see him start to come back to his full form like he was in the regular season. And more than anything, he's just so damn smart out there on the court. He knows exactly how to get everybody involved. And we talked about it when he first got here. You know, He kind of assesses the situation, gets his teammates involved in the first, second, third quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, that magic starts happening, baby. And whew, it's fun to watch. It's absolutely fun to watch. He did the, he did the rope-a-dope offensively again. It was, uh, it was pedestrian the first few quarters. And then that fourth quarter came around, and he just smacked the nuggets. He was like, all right, it's time to, it's time to shut the door. I need a, I need a breather. I'm going to go sit on the bench for a while. Uh, you guys enjoy your 25-point beatdown. It was, it was spectacular. He, he just continues – to come through and he had moments where I went it's like watching Steve Nash again but on the other end he can play defense this is unbelievable like and then you have TNT talking about how thanks in part to Chris Paul this is the best defensive team in the playoffs and you go I don't know how to deal with this. I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. What is defense? You know? It's been absolutely spectacular. Real quick, Serge, I know you got to get out of here, but I want you to talk real quick about uh, chugging with the fellas. Okay. I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, two of our Suns Twitter users, uh, Chase and Caitlin. They're donating a dollar for every single chugging with the fellas. As long as you hashtag it, chugging with the fellas, they're going to donate a dollar to one in 10 which is a local nonprofit. It's uh, committed to serving the LGBTQ community in the Valley. So if you guys want to contribute, you know, just post some videos of that hashtag and we'll get some money over there. there is go. it $1 per session or per person doing it? Because I didn't know that. Otherwise I would have brought a beer, took the Invisalign out and actually joined you guys. I think it's one person, $1 per person doing it. Okay. Perfect. So well, I'm here next time. This or, yeah, anything like that. We're, we're going to bankrupt him on Sunday at Four Peaks. We're going to get the whole yes. bar. We will get that whole bar involved. Yes. Yes. Uh, Paul has joined the podcast from Fanning the Flames. Yes, Paul, we're going to be at Four Peaks on Sunday to watch game four. So if anybody's interested in attending, make sure that you make reservations. Call Four Peaks ahead of time because they will be busy. It's a 5 p.m. game. Uh, as for Trevor, he's fantastic. And, uh, you know, we'll be doing a lot of chugging with the fellas and donating to a great cause. So, you know, Serge, again, we appreciate you coming on the podcast, hanging out with us for a little bit. Uh, you're a fantastic follow on Twitter. Make sure you follow him at Surging Sons. And again, chugging with the fellas. I mean, I think that this is one of those things that this podcast was born to do because I crack open a beer before every pod and uh, I'm already starting to feel it. So, all right, back to CP3 being fantastic. Matthew, you said he's the real MVP. He is. I mean, him and the him and the he Suns, was going I mean, against the MVP tonight. He was, and yeah, he, newly newly crowned, right? Newly Jokic. Crowned. That was more Jokic versus Aiden, but Paul. I mean, him and the Suns, they play with their food. I feel like in the first half, they get us kind of worried, right? In these kind of like sloppy games, a little bit in the first half, but every time they come out in the second half, 
it's over. They just turn it on. Their shots go in. They pick up the pace defensively. Everything is just is going for them. And they did it tonight. I actually I had to run an errand at halftime. And I came back one minute into the second half, and they were already up by like 30 points. I was like, what the hell happened, dude? And what happened is just they turned it on. And that's great basketball in the playoffs. You know, stick with the team, hang in there, and then come out and just, you know, knock them out. And real quick, Nicholas Tan in the chat says, uh, "The your facial MVP, your your facial hair is the runner-up MVP. You're looking oh, good, my man. facial. Out. Yeah, your, your, your facial, facial. Your, your facial hair. You're finally. <laughs> I, you're I, play- I can barely see the facial hair either. So, don't tell me short it is. It was behind the mic. What did you think it was the mic? I did. I thought it was the mic. I'll tell you. For those who've been watching us all season long, Matt Splinter joined the chat. I didn't know what was going on over here." <laughs> so, Paul, give us your thoughts on CP3's fantastic performance tonight. I mean, it's it's just great to see because I know, like, after the first round with the injury and whatnot, everybody, you know, we were worried kind of what how that was gonna um, shape up for the rest of the playoffs. You know, we made it through that first round successfully, and then see him. Uh, I obviously, I think, honestly, it started with that uh, video from practice, like right before game one, where like he was like just draining threes and he's like, I'm back or whatever the hell he said. And it's just, it's just rolling from there, man. I mean, it, I mean, freaking 15 assists or whatever. Like I, and that was with like a team that was shooting like crap for like the first half of the game. So imagine how many you would have had if like they're actually making shots. Yeah, it was kind of a rough performance at the beginning of the game, not only for the interior of the Suns uh, and DeAndre Ayton, who had a million bunnies in there, it felt like, and just wasn't putting them down. But I think a very interesting... Neither team was. Ne- neither team was, and that was the advantage. And this game had a very eerie sense to it that it kind of felt like game two against the Lakers, where that second quarter was this void of teams missing easy shots and the Suns not extending the lead. I felt like it was 35-30 to 30 for quite some time. Uh, luckily, the Suns kind of filled out the back end of that quarter, ended up going by 10 up at 10 at halftime. And then of course, you know, I, I got to say, I really miss the Bally sports uh, broadcast right now. I mean, I'm already oh, sick of Reggie. Oh, All big right. time, big time. Yeah. Well, cause even during the season when we were on TNT, you tune in hear what the national guys have to say. And you end up cause you want to hear Eddie Johnson breaking it down, Yeah, you know? And, and by this, by, by hearing Reggie Miller, you know, we talked about in the last podcast kind of repeating himself, but it was just like, it was. I almost felt like at times it was like a Denver Nuggets uh, uh, home game because they kept talking about what's wrong with the Nuggets, and I get it. That's that is a great question. What is wrong with the Nuggets right now? Right. Well, it's not. It's not a fun discussion to go. What's right with the Suns? And then he goes, "Everything." It is for us. Okay, everything. So, <laughs> yeah. All right, short conversation. Everything's great for the Suns right now. So right. Look, right. What can we do better, Espo? What can we do better? What can we do? There's better? always room for improvement. Yes. If if the Nuggets were blowing <laughs> us out by 30 points, the same thing would be said about us. What's wrong with the Suns? They would be talking about CP3. The narrative is always the team that's performing poorly. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be that way. Just try and keep their interest in the game. Like I don't I don't get all salty about that stuff. Half the time I tune these guys out anyway. I just want to hear their insight. That's the only time it's like my ears peak up. Like when like Reggie, he was like. Chris Paul knows MPJ is is a matchup problem for the Nuggets. Yeah. And so they kept switching, and they kept switching. And there was one time he couldn't even get around the switch, and, <laughs> and CP3 hits the three. They call a timeout, and that was basically the end of MPJ for the night and Chris Paul for the night, and they, they, they put that lead up. So it's just, you know what, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Like, mm-hmm. And I do agree. Like I love hearing EJ talk, 
because he he gives such insight. And Reggie should give that insight as well, too. Like, we've been in this situation before, so I know exactly how this is supposed to go. Uh, but EJ does it. Reggie Miller doesn't. He's still, you know, wet behind the ears, I, I guess. Think, I think EJ does it because he, I mean, Reggie's doing it once a week. EJ's done, he does it yeah. night in, night out, and he's around these guys. He knows them. EJ provides such great insight. My favorite Reggie thing tonight was when they showed the list of most wins in the playoffs without winning a title. And then he somehow humble brags that he got most of those wins in the playoffs for Indiana, even though they hadn't won a title. I was like, oh, that's a, that's an amazing pretzel twist there by Reggie Miller to pat himself on the back. Another thing, he, another thing he did, too, was he spoke Sarich's three-pointer into existence. I think before he hit those two threes, Sarich, in the first quarter, it was he was talking about how Sarich is a knockdown three-point shooter. Uh, you know, from catch and shoot. And I was like, is he really? I haven't seen that lately, but it happened right <laughs> after that. It happened right there it, in your yeah. face. It, Listen, it was this perfect, isn't, dude. This isn't something we normally do. We normally do eight and watch first. I mean, shout out. The Sarge Smoke Break. I mean, Dario Sarge's performance tonight, you know, again, it's not legendary. It's going to go in down in the annals of Suns history, but it was exactly what, We've talked about how this is a series where he can be effective and effective he was tonight. He had to come in uh, a little bit early. I mean, kudos to Monty Williams for deciding to keep DeAndre Ayton out there after getting his second foul with seven minutes left in the first quarter. But Dario got a little bit more playing time in that first half. He played nine minutes in the first half. And in those nine minutes, he had to to guard Nikolai Jokic, the newly crowned MVP. And Nikolai Jokic looked great. I mean, he had a couple amazing no-look passes, and uh, but those were created because Dario Sarch was standing his ground and forcing him into those passes. Uh, then he comes down and hits the three-pointer. He has a dunk. He ends with uh, eight points in those nine minutes on two or three shooting, and he even had a rebound. Uh, ends the ends the night with a total of uh, how many points he had? Eight points. So he was all in the first half for mm-hmm. for Sir Dario Sarch. Uh, four rebounds, one assist. But again, you know his effectiveness is going to be something that the Suns can, I wouldn't say rely on, but utilize in this series because of the matchup of the Denver Nuggets. Can I can I take a moment here? Uh, I'd like to perform a mea culpa. I was I was wrong about Dario. the The next pack of smokes is on me, big man. Uh, you know i I appreciate your efforts out there, and uh, and thank you for your service in in helping. The Suns go up 2-0. I, I, I was wrong. I, I, I don't apologize. I don't think you were wrong, Espo. I think you just, you know, you, you call a spade a spade. That's exactly what it was. He was playing like dog shit. I like, said he should never see the floor I mean? again. I was wrong. Well, all right. I mean, okay, sure. Maybe, maybe that was going a little bit overboard. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Dario was fantastic tonight. It looked like he, he found himself again tonight. He was really feeling well. And I think it started in the last game. You know, he had a, a, a couple nice plays, a dunk, uh, a steal. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's just going to continue for Dario, hopefully in this series, because if it does, man, this team is going to be super tough to beat. I Correct. just hope they bring the, bring the trampoline to Denver with him. So Dario can get more dunks. Well, you know, there's got to be a spot in the floor. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. spring loaded for him to get these. So. Well, but, you know, that's what happens. That's what Monty's <laughs> process was. He was like, you know what? Maybe I'm playing Dario too much. Let me cut back from his 15 minutes a game and bring it back to five and get some bounce back in those legs, baby. <laughs> well, and if you think about it, when he goes to Denver, I mean, the altitude, he should fly. 
I mean, he should be <laughs> flying through the air. Uh, he in should really be able Denver. to get up over the rim. Well, yes. or the or or the smoking is just going to get to him that much more. Mm, this is true. Yes. When you have it's that much right smoke to Denver, different. Yeah, it's a different smoke. We welcome to the podcast, Mr. Dave King. Sounds like he's at a party in the background. Sounds like it was a fantastic game. Uh, it's almost Dave, like how, these how fans you doing? Don't want to go home? Yeah, good. We yeah, earned it. Like, staying around. They are having a party behind me. I can't find any quiet areas, so that's fine. How was the game, my friend? How was the game? It was okay. I mean, you know, <laughs> yellow boring there. It was chill. It was all right. <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, Michael, I, I listened to Michael Malone post game actually instead of Monty because I knew what Monty was going to say. <clears throat> uh, Michael Malone, man, did he lambaste his players? Holy mm. crap! He spent five minutes saying those guys they didn't show up to play. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. He saw one team that wanted to be there and one team that didn't. Uh, he's going to try to find five guys who are willing to play on, on Friday, and he might not find them, but he's going to keep. He's going to look until he finds it. I mean, that's pretty tough. That is really tough words for his team. He also said, I know exactly why the, Sun, the Suns fans were chanting, Suns in four behind me. <laughs> wow. So you're saying Bull Bull is going to start on uh, Friday? Is uh, is what you're saying? I don't know what he's going to do, man. But he is he's definitely he's definitely going to look for some guys to have a little bit of backbone. It's going to help them being back in their own arena on Friday for sure. They're going to get their own fans cheering for them. They they came down, they came back twice last year or three times down three to one twice, and they came back twice. So look, this team is not broken. Tonight they were broken. They're not broken for this series. The Suns are still going to have to show up and kick some butt mm-hmm. every single game. And so I fully expect them to, you know, I'd be happy if they split over Major. there. And then, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say that. I was happy if they split over there and then close it out in five. It's still a great, great series. Yeah, the major difference this year, obviously, is, yeah, they have the MVP, but they are missing Jamal Murray, and he was a large, large part of their resurgence when they were down in series last year. And they're Mm -hmm. not in the bubble. They have to come back to Phoenix if they want to try and win this series. And with this crowd the way it is, holy crap. I I don't know if anybody can beat them right now. Jeez. Yeah, game game three is going to be interesting because you got to remember. I mean, they're most likely going to celebrate the MVP the first time they've had an NBA MVP in their arena and handing him the trophy. I mean, for those of you who remember the Nash years when that happened at home during the playoffs, it was raucous. It was a fantastic environment. So the Suns, you know, it's going to be really interesting. And obviously, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but it's going to be really interesting in game three to how to see how the Suns respond to in that first half. I wouldn't say the first quarter. I'd say that first half knowing that that crowd is going to be behind them. They've had a front row seat watching on TV, seeing their team get demolished by the Suns in these first two games and with a crowd that is absolutely insane behind it. So it's their turn now. I mean, did any of you watch that Utah game last night against the Clippers? They were pretty insane up there too. I mean, the Suns are getting national attention for the effort that the crowd is putting behind them and other crowds are stepping up in an effort to try to, you know, they, they want a little of that sunshine to come their ways too. The problem with the jazz is they all have different, uh, they give everybody a different shirt color to try to be cool. And, you know, I'd be pissed if I was like sitting in yellow and I wanted an orange shirt. <laughs> yeah. That would kind of suck. Yeah. Well, what if you wore a shirt that you actually liked, like a nice jersey, and then yeah, you have to put on that fucking shirt? Yeah. <laughs> you have to wear they're, it? That's yeah. Stupid. You wear like the the, the black. Uh, I like to call the Utah jerseys like the hydration level jerseys. Like 
the darker it is, is, you know, how much piss, you know, you need to drink more water. So if, like, if you wore one of those black jerseys and they're like, no, we're in the yellow section, like they're booing you. So and they're all double XL yeah. because they got to make sure it fits everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Joe, you know, I think you're in, really think you're in the red right now after all that beer. So I'm not done, brother. <laughs> he doesn't stop no, drinking, man. Say, I was just going to say the Suns could do that with their court because of the pixelated, you know, the pixelated. They could do different shirts on, on different sections. I don't know. I, I don't like it, though. I, I think all orange or all purple, that's best for me. Yeah. Suns don't need any damn gimmick. The fans are bringing it without yes. that crap. Yeah. Let, yes. let Utah try to figure out dumb ways to get their crowd going in Denver. The Suns fans <laughs> have come with everything they've had pent up for 11 freaking years. And I'm, it, at times, it hasn't always been something that you're necessarily proud of. I am damn proud to be a Suns fan with the way these, these people have shown up and shown out out there at the arena. Yeah, and that crowd over there looks like a choir with all the colors and how they're just standing up and <laughs> in unison. It looks stupid. <laughs> we'll, we'll, Thanks we'll, for giving me the full screen for that take. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's a fantastic <laughs> take there, Matthew. Thanks. So as, as we look at this game, you know, uh, MPJ, he's somebody who I think that coming into the series, obviously he is their second highest leading scorer. He's somebody who we've kind of said, hey, the Suns need to try to do what they can to negate him, push him off of his spots. Uh, it looks like in the second half of game one, he had tweaked something in his back. He's not looking the same. Came out in the first half, did not look the same. Uh, and that's obviously something that's going to bode well for the Suns. But he still hit some shots. Uh, what, what are you guys thinking about MPJ? And I'll ask you this random question. Is he Grant Hill light when he's healthy? No, he's better than Grant Hill light. When Ooh. he's healthy, yeah, shooting wise, at least I will say yes. that. Yeah, he he's he's got the length, he's got the ability. It's just it's too bad that he's injured right now because he showed flashes of that in the last series. He showed flashes of it once Jamal Murray got injured and it was out. So I, I would say you know scoring wise, he's better than Grant Hill. Now all around game, no, he's not. He's still got a long, long, long way to go. But uh, you know MPJ not being healthy in this series. I know Espo is chomping at the bit to come back at me with this whole Grant Hill stuff. So just hold up, buddy. I got you. <laughs> You'll uh, get your chance. You'll get your chance. <laughs> and so uh, no, I just think that without without MPJ being at full strength, I don't know how this Denver Nuggets team is going to compete. You know, and even maybe even win a game in this series because Jokic needs help, and nobody else is really showing up to help him out at all. So, uh, you know, Barton kind of had a little bit today, you know, had a couple threes here and there, but even he's not 100% back to where he was. And, man, oof. it's it's if you're a Suns fan, you feel pretty good in the position you're in. But, again, like Espo said before we came on, you don't want to piss off the basketball gods. Just mm -hmm. stay humble Amen. And, and keep keep grinding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're vindictive son of bitches. You know that. <laughs> All right. But, but, Saul, you realize that he wasn't asking – Grant Hill of the Phoenix Suns, right? He's talking Detroit <laughs> Pistons Grant Hill when he says that. I think a lot of people forget just how damn good Grant Hill was. Uh, he was going, good, man. I'm, I'm only going Suns because that's all we're talking about today. <laughs> wait, wait to backtrack the hell Grant out Hill. of that. I didn't backtrack or, shit. Orlando Grant Hill. <laughs> yeah, Orlando. He's walking yeah. with a limp anyway, so he might as well be. <laughs> yeah, look, MPJ's obviously uh, struggling for for this Denver team and if they if they want to have any chance to get back in this they're going to need him to have a bounce back and and the back is just not 
if if anybody's ever struggled with that in any way, that's just not something that that you're bouncing back from quick, especially when you have a game every other night. Like that's that's going to be a tall order for this guy. And props to him going out there and, and battling. But that is yet another advantage that has gone the Suns' way. And and I'm not going to complain about it. He he would have been problematic if he was at a hundred percent. So it's it's one of those things you got to watch closely that they'll do everything they can. You know, the training staff in Denver will, but if he just, his, his motion is just, is not there. And I, I think that's going to carry into game three. You don't want to wish any injury on anybody unless it's Anthony Davis, but <laughs> for, for him, I, I, I hope it doesn't affect his future too much because he has a bright future. I think he can be one of the best players in the NBA. I mean, coming out of the draft, he was nominated as the best player. Of course, he had the injury, the injury problems. So if it continues to linger, that sucks because I'm not a big nugget hater. I don't mind them. I love mm-hmm. Jokic. I love watching them. Of course, right now, of course, we're rooting against him. But, I mean, I want him to be like that number two guy next to Jokic. I want to see how that looks in the future because the guy is unbelievable. I mean, the Grand Hill thing, I don't know too much about him playing with the Pistons. I was I was pretty young, so I'm not too <laughs> sure. I can look up highlights, but it's not the same thing. But uh, he, he looks like he has a bright future, dude. And if this injury thing keeps going, it's going to suck for the Nuggets. What brand of diapers were you wearing, Matt? <laughs> oh, I never <laughs> wore diapers. diapers or dude. Oh, never God. wore diapers. He was, a, he was. He was. A, that makes a, so much he sense. He was a free baller. He was, he was always yeah. trying to show off the McNuggets. Yep. <laughs> he was manscaping back yeah. in, in his youth. Too. <laughs> I was like, "Mama, Mama, hold me high. You see me." <laughs> uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on oh MPJ God. in this series and how it might affect uh, the chances for the Nuggets moving forward? Well, yeah, I, I mean, he was kind of filling in that gap when they lost Murray, and like obviously helped keep them afloat. And, you know, a lot of that was Jokic, you know, that's why he won the MVP is when Murray went down and they didn't fall back. But, um, you know, he did, he kind of did fill in that gap. And without that, I mean, they are, they're a walking mash unit right now, you know, just with like playing backups of backups and guys off the street. And if you, you know, you're losing MPJ too, it's just that much harder to kind of keep up with what the Suns are putting down. Yeah, so, I mean, his night tonight ended with a total of 11 points on 3-for-13 shooting, 2-for-9 from deep. Uh, you know, again, MPJ is somebody who is a fantastic young talent, and it's unfortunate that he is not playing to his level due to, the, to, to you know, an injury. Uh, I think that's going to be real important for the Denver Nuggets to try he, to get him some rest. It's just going to be tough because it's every other day right now in this series. That was I was just about to say that there is no two days in between uh, mm-hmm. between now and Game Four, so you're going back to back to back to back. You know, with one day to try and recoup, and I don't know if that's going to be enough for MPJ to 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 heal up that back. So, like I said before the series, man, if the Suns could get the the two games at home. And they go on the road. You know, Game Three is going to be brutal. Like you mm-hmm. just know it's going to be, you know, everything. If the Suns pull out that that win, series is over. It's going to be over. It might be over in four. It just Game Three. But but this is the great thing about Chris Paul. You know he knows this, mm-hmm. and you know he's like, he, he stick something in your ear and f what you heard because that ain't the way we're going down. We're going up there to win these two and get this shit over with because I need to rest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't think he's saying will, that to the players. And his team will, will step up for him. And I think that's, I mean, the we, we talked about at the top of the podcast, but I mean, Chris Paul is so 
invaluable. I mean, I know you can put, you know, you, you can't quantify his leadership. Well, you can. It's $44 million a year. Okay. So you can definitely quantify <laughs> his his leadership. But at the same time, going into this playoffs, you know, to your point, Saul, if they're if you have a team full of young guys who are feeling a little cocky, feeling a little confident, you have him right there to bring them back down and go, hey guys, this is a business trip. We're going up to Denver. It's, you know, we're going to have a lot of different obstacles that we're going to have to face and we're going to have to come out there and try to be aggressive and try to win this game. You know, one of those obstacles that they're going to have to face is Aaron Gordon. You know, I mean, this guy's puffing up his chest. He's getting aggressive all of a sudden. He's the guy who's, you know, they, they Reggie Miller mentioned in the pregame or maybe it was Kevin Harlan. It's like he was yelling at the team, but, you know, after the game in game one about how they were soft and things of that nature. So I'll start with you, Paul. When it comes to Jay Crowder versus Aaron Gordon, who wins in a beer pong match? Uh, that would, uh, um, I think Jay Crowder might break the table. <laughs> might, <laughs> might pull a Buffalo Bills fans yes. uh, on the table um, when uh, after he uh, sinks that last shot. Because, I mean, beer, beer pong at the end of the day is three-point shooting. And, you know, D Crowder definitely has that over Aaron Gordon. And, you know, just for good measure, he's just going to smash the table. So Crowder's the guy who gets on your team, misses the first like five shots in beer pong, and then just takes you home. And then after yep. winning, smashes the table. So yes, uh, but but Maybe you know, he looking smashes at Aaron Gordon through it, like, a, like <laughs> and a, then he like a, he sleeps like with like your woman after too. table match. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, look at Aaron Gordon, you know, his night tonight, he ended with uh, a total of only six points. And the, I thought that that was going to be, you know, we talked about how you have to make adjustments going into game two. It seemed that the Booker matchup was the adjustment, you know, uh, Espo, when you take a look at that matchup tonight, do you think that the Suns knew that that was going to be one of the adjustments and did what they could to fight through screens to avoid Booker on Gordon matchups on both offense and defense? Well, of course. I mean, that was the one thing that stood out on uh, on well, the tape. Not that anybody actually watches anything on tape anymore. Ah, tape. But, but, you know, looking back at the game, that was the, the main thing that stood out is what the Suns needed to improve on from their game one victory. And I think they did it fantastic. And, and look, I think people are overblowing what Aaron Gordon's expectations are here. He only scored 10 points a game after coming to Denver, only averaged 12 uh, in in the first round, like this isn't a guy that that's gonna blow the doors off of anybody. He may have a, have one or uh, you know one or two good games, but I don't think it's gonna be the difference maker. Especially if he wants to take on Spicy J, he's in big trouble. I mean, because that that was the dumbest thing I've seen anybody do this playoffs was decide I'm going to try to pick a fight with Jay Crowder. Like, nope, yeah, thanks, uh, but no thanks. It's not a real smart move for you there and you can you can look like a fake tough guy but uh that's not that's not something you're gonna win there and uh and i think i think jay may be a little bit in his head and it's obvious you know that he's frustrated and not only is he yelling at his teammates after game one uh, he's thrown a shoulder around a lot out there tonight i, I think he's the guy that's going to come uh, uh unglued uh, out of anybody on this nuggets team Somebody else speak. Oh, and uh, honestly, it's fun to watch um, him actually go head to head with uh, 
Jay Crowder because him and Aaron Gordon that makes sense. But when you see like the night before when uh, Marcus Morris is going after Bogdanovich in the first minute of the game and yeah. getting a technical, like you know that that that's a fake toughness right there in the NBA. Like I don't know what that is, what you're trying to do for your team in that moment, that early in the game, maybe try to set the tone against Bogdanovich who doesn't speak one word. I don't know what that is, but the whole Aaron Gordon thing, it's nice to get underneath his skin because I think with the injury with uh, Porter, it's probably going to be a big deal for him to get things going. And I don't know what you're going to expect from Gordon because I haven't even been worried about him at all. I don't care if Porter is injured next game and we're talking about Gordon like, oh, how big of a factor is he going to be? None. I don't, I'm not worried about the guy. I think he's going to play his little back down game once in a while, but nothing other than maybe a couple threes too. But that's about it from that guy. Yeah, so you know, I, I think that you're right on that point, Matthew. He is going to have to do something. If MPJ is not right, Aaron Gordon is going to be the guy who they're going to try to rely on because he has been an offensive cog in an off, in, you know, in the playoffs before, albeit very short lived in a series that he played with in Orlando. And he is a guy who you can get under his skin really easy. And again, to Espo's point, like the one guy on the court you don't go after is Jay freaking Crowder. You know, I mean, Spicy J, I love it. It's so true. He, he's a tough matchup for anyone physically. He, he's not going to back down to everyone. The memes of him looking at LeBron. I mean, like, I don't know. Aaron Gordon does, probably doesn't have the internet, doesn't look at that kind of stuff beforehand. <laughs> you know, Fair because he, yeah, because that's the one guy you don't want to try to take a stab at in this playoffs. Uh, I know, Matthew, you have a piece coming out on Brightside tomorrow relative to this guy. Watch 2021. So how about you give all of our watchers and listeners a preview of tomorrow's article by talking about what you saw tonight from DeAndre Ayton. Well, make sure you get started early on my 200 word uh, written piece about DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> really putting nah, the work. It's a small, yeah, small sample size. Uh, I loved his interview before the game. I mean, him being interviewed by the TNT crew and Shaq just saying, I don't have any questions, just good luck, go win a championship, yes, stuff that like that. Awesome. That's awesome stuff. And I think anytime he's on the mic, it's fun to listen to DA because he's just so different. And his, the way he responds to questions is something you don't really hear a lot from other players. But his play tonight was good. It was decent in the first half. Second half, he really turned it on. I think that the pressure on DA now going against Jokic, the spotlight, I feel like everything I watch and hear right now is about DeAndre Ayton and his impact on the Suns team. That's a lot of pressure for him. I think he's handling it very, very well. Uh, tonight, of course, he didn't play the fourth quarter, but when he was in, he was making a difference. He got super tired towards the end of the third quarter. I think him going against Jokic in this playoff atmosphere is a lot for him and, of course, the rest of the players, but it's a lot for him to deal with. So he's, he's done a great job. Tonight's game, I think he did really great. I, I kind of disagree. What? Go, go ahead. Go, go ahead, for it. No, go for it. I love no, that's, this. that's usually me. Go. I usually just Saul and Matthew always disagree. I love this. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think it's too big for him. I think okay. he's 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 been ready for no. this. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's been ready for this. He's been playing. He's he's basically nullified Jokic with his own stats to a degree, right? Uh, yes. even if it's by percentage points, Jokic has got it over. Sure. He had 24 and what nine tonight and, and, and DA had 15 and 11 or 15 and 10. So I, if you, if you, if you said that before the series that, that Jokic was only going to average like 22, 23 and grab nine and DA was going to average 18 and 10, you would have taken that in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and because of DA's past history against the Joker, and I will say this, Jokic's demeanor I think makes it easier for DA to kind of get into a flow against him. He's not uber aggressive. 
He he doesn't talk trash. He just kind of plays that European kind of game. And uh, and I think that's easier for DA to kind of deal with and kind of get into a flow as opposed to playing against somebody like, let's just say it was like, if Draymond Green was good on offense at all, like mm-hmm. going up mm-hmm. against somebody like that who can try and get into your headspace and cause you to do things that maybe are out of your your realm of possibility. So I think DA has been fantastic. I have loved every minute of watching him on the court. I love his demeanor. And uh, I expect that to just continue throughout the series. That is not where I thought you were going to go when you. Where did you think started. I was going to go? I thought you were going to say crap on DA tonight. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was very First confused. All, I have crapped on DA one time in the last year, and that was deservedly so because he was playing crappy for like twenty straight games. Fair enough. Look, I think DeAndre Ayton actually thrives in this kind of an environment where the attention's on him, but it's positive attention. I think he feeds on that. He seems like the kind of guy that when he's getting that pat on the back and, and he's he's got that big smile, he's good to go. And so that kind of attention, I don't think, is is too much for him. He has stepped up on the big stage. But tonight, he started one of five from the field, right? Mm-hmm. Finished five or six of ten. He, so he went five of five the the rest of the way, like after going starting one for five. So he didn't let that get in his head. He just came out like I was worried in that in that first few minutes because Jokic hits that quick turnaround that was a real pretty move. Aiton misses a few, and I'm like, "All right, let's see how he bounces back." And he just he just kept his head in there, played well, was doing the thing I love to watch with DeAndre Aiton is on the defensive end and the offensive end on rebounds, right? When he tips that ball, he knows where to be. He knows how to tip the ball to keep it alive and either get the rebound or get it to a teammate. And he did that extremely effectively tonight as well on those 10 rebounds that he had. So overall, you cannot ask for more than than what you're getting from DeAndre Ayton. And, and, oh, for all those people that were like, he doesn't dunk enough. <laughs> How about some of those dunks tonight and in, the, yes, in these sir. first games? He's dunking now too, all right? W- one other thing I want to, I'd like to bring up about DA real quick is I've been really impressed this whole playoffs with his ability to stay out of foul trouble. Knock on wood, it stays that way. But, I mean, he got those two quick fouls this game, but those were the only two fouls he had in the whole game. So, and that, and he never had foul trouble the entire Laker Lakers series, which is, I think one of our biggest concerns because, you know, they did ha- do have that big front line, you know, could have gotten them into trouble. And then we don't have, you know, we have, we are pretty thin up there. And so if, if he's out of the game, you know, that would make a struggle. And he hasn't had to, we haven't had to deal with that because he definitely steps up and is um, in these, situations where those bright lights are on him and he's a playing against competition that he considers quality it seems is kind of he you know we always say that the suns play to their competition and he is definitely one of those guys that plays his competition good and bad and right now he haven't you know we're in the playoffs so all the competition is good so he is stepping up to that um and it's, it's been super fun to watch i mean the down the line, this was a very, very balanced game for the whole team. I mean, uh, nobody cracked 20 points on the entire Suns team, and we kicked the crap out of them, so I'll take that any night. You know, one of the things that I think it's starting to be repetitive now is that I think it's more going to be um, the the outlier. If DA gets into foul trouble, then the norm. 
especially here in the playoffs. And I think he's he realizes what his capabilities are, what he's supposed to be doing. And more importantly, CP3 has coached him up so much to know his role and understand he is the leader on the defensive side. And without him, they're, they're not as strong a defensive team. And he's taken that to heart. And now it's paying dividends in the playoffs. Have you seen, have you guys noticed, uh, and it's happened in the first few games, and it happened a couple times in the Lakers series, DA on defense is such the anchor on it that he will actually physically push his own mm -hmm. guys into position where they need to be. And that is, that's a guy that's thinking holistically on that defensive mm -hmm. end. And that's, that's impressive to me. He's really embodied the, you're the leader on that end of the, of the floor that Chris Paul put on him and, and it's shown uh, in this, in this playoff so far. Well, and kind of to Saul's point, you know, him getting into foul trouble being the outlier. There was only 11 games this season where he had five or more fouls and only two times this season he fouled out. He really is a smart cerebral player who kind of to Espo's point uh, sees the defense holistically. That's been his role. That's something that he's embraced this year. He knew that he wasn't going to have to be somebody who had to put up 15 shots like he did last season with Ricky Rubio running point. He could focus more on the defense and he's embraced that. And you see him going up against the MVP and in two games, I mean, you, you come into this game against the Portland series and we know again, those statistics are somewhat inflated. You played the 29th best defensive team in round one. So you can't truly look at the Portland series and try to compare their performance against the Suns because it's apples to oranges. But he was averaging 30-plus points and a triple-double across the board. And Jokic had 13 rebounds tonight, 9 assists, and 24 points on 9 of, of 17 shooting. But that was their offense, and that's almost, you know, we, we talked about it coming into the series. How do you neutralize the Joker? And it's like, it's not necessarily necessarily you uh, neutralizing the Joker. It's neutralizing the assets he has at his disposal. And the only time he really felt a rhythm, I felt, was when Dario Sarge came in and played defense on him. He finally started to get his teammates involved. And once they start to get involved, they'll start knocking down shots. But for the majority of the game, the defense of the Suns is something that, again, we we talk about. It's it's so much fun to watch because it's something that we're not truly used to seeing. And Phoenix is a team that can shut you down on both sides of the court. We can score offensively. We have guys who understand their role. There was a great piece today on ESPN uh, by Zach Lowe about the, the Suns' pick and roll and how they have become just unbelievably deadly with it. And seeing how Chris Paul can do that on offense, uh, how DeAndre Ayton's growing within that confines of the game, but the way that he's attacked the Joker and and I wouldn't say neutralized him, but you know he he stopped him as well as you can in MVP. He frustrated him. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's he's been frustrating him uh, this series, and you know again, it's only game two, fellas. It's only game two. We got a long way to go before the Western Conference Finals are taking place in Phoenix, Arizona. But if we continue to play like this, you know, again, it's a five-game winning streak, and we won by 25 tonight. I mean, seriously, like the, yeah. the piece I'm going to write for Brightside tomorrow is talking about how this might be the best stretch of Suns basketball this year, and it's happening in the playoffs, ladies and gentlemen. It's happening in the playoffs. Yeah, they, they, they've had an 85-point uh, point differential in their last three games. Jeez. Like. This is the playoffs, and yeah. you're seeing that. I this, I hope this isn't too far from for some people, but I think this team offensively it has as much potential as that seven seconds or less team. But they have one of the best defenses left in the playoffs to go with it. That's the insane part of this. Is it's not that they that they can just run you out of the gym. 
they can stop you on the defensive end. I mean, there was that that series where uh, where they stopped Jokic. They double teamed him with uh, with Jay. I think it was in the third, and Jay basically ripped the ball from him and threw it down court to trigger the break. Now they didn't score on on it, but it's it's unbelievable what this team can do defensively, and you mix it with offensive firepower like like they have as well. And that's why you see what's happened these last three games. I think you're 100% right. We've seen peak Suns at the exact right time that you need it in, in the playoffs. I, I, don't, I wouldn't go as far about the, the offensive side of the ball with the seven seconds or less Suns. I understand potential, but potential I don't I, – I need to see that before I start saying that they, you know, they, they can be that, right? But I will say the defensive side is exactly the reason why – Everybody should be excited about where this team is at because even you saw it in the first half, even though the Suns were not clicking on offense, their defense was good enough to keep them in the game and give them a 10 point lead. And it was so funny is that at halftime, you know, uh, Barkley and Shaq are kind of going back and forth and, and Barkley's like, I'd rather be the team that's up by 10. And Shaq was like, well, you know, the Nuggets only shot 18 <laughs> percent, you know, because that's how I he talks. And, oh, yeah. and I'm sitting there thinking, Shaq, they shot 18 percent for a reason. It's because these dudes are <laughs> Ding them up. Like, that's not going to stop in the second half, you dummy. Like, so, and, and that's exactly what happened. And and the other thing, the Suns have been so good in the second half in this series. It's ridiculously fun to watch. And, and that's where the seven seconds or less comes in for me, is that when they are clicking, then I get your point, Espo. So maybe I will backtrack and say, okay, I, I see where you're going. I see where you're going with that. Because it's just as fun to watch – these guys run up and down the court, dunking and and flip shotting for and ones like Tory Craig did, and hitting threes, and just and you could just tell they're having fun and they're mm-hmm. feeding off the energy, and that's what the seven seconds or less Suns did. They fed off the energy and they just kept going and going and going, and man, it's so much fun to watch. Well, I'm gonna bring up something. We are just now hitting the 45 minute mark of this podcast. We have not said the two words Devin Booker once. Think <laughs> about that. Happens all the time. No, no, you can't get out of here. No, I mean, we talk, you know that. This like, team, yeah. th- not you, John. This team, you talk about everybody else. Booker gets left out sometimes, as that's how good this team is. No yes. knock on you, John. You're perfect. Get out of here with that <laughs> shit. But, but to that point, you know, Paul mentioned it. The the balance, and and I mentioned on the last podcast. You know, the balance of the Phoenix Suns on the last in Game One was. Uh, phenomenal, and it's something that you like to see, but I don't know if it's something that you will consistently see because you're going to have performances like we saw Devin Booker have in the first round, where you know one member of the team just goes absolutely apeshit, and typically it's Devin Booker. Devin Booker left led all Sun scores with 18 points, but Paul had 17. You had Bridges had 16. Uh, it's another guy we haven't mentioned, but I mean Devin Booker is obviously the superstar, so that's why I brought it up. Uh, Aiton had 15, uh, 11 for Crowder. They all had either. 10 to 14 shots outside of Crowder who only had five, but was four for five from the field. I mean, we talk about it. Uh, I think it's just, you know, I'll, I'll say this, you know, how, how fun is this run of Phoenix Suns basketball? How is it amazing? How amazing is it for the bandwagoners, which I openly welcome come and enjoy this team. You know that this is what builds a fan base, a team that plays like this kids dancing in the aisles, people <laughs> drinking and chugging with the fellas and chanting. Now us loyalists, we don't know how to act because we're not used to this. We're, we're, always, we're so scarred, but this is memorable. And this is what basketball is about. This is what sport is about. And watching this team play defense that we mentioned and a balanced attack and all these, 
you know, things that you want in a great team. We're watching it right now. It's fun. I'm sitting there with my wife. They're up 30 points. And she turns to me. She's like, oh, my God, if LeBron was here, he'd leave right now. And I'm like, I love you. Like, that's <laughs> the best quote of the night. You know, I mean, wow. I'm like, you get it. OK, you know, it's just like it's what we're experiencing. This run of Phoenix basketball is going to bring everybody, a new generation of people who are going to be doing a podcast 10 years from now. And we'll be sitting there clicking like in the in the in the chat and subscribing <laughs> to their pod. Or whatever we'll comes still after be doing podcasts. This. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll be like the Silver Fox, Dave, and we'll be still doing podcasts. The last You're, time, the last time the Suns were in the playoffs, I was in the military. I was stuck in San Antonio, Texas, and I was stuck by myself watching these games and cheering by myself in my living room because everybody else was asleep, or you know, because <laughs> the games were like two hours later than they would be right now. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, like, man, you know, it would be nice to be doing this and celebrating with Suns fans. And now I'm doing it with you guys, man. Yes. This is yeah. fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> so awesome. And now you the wish best. you were back in San Antonio all by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you look, know, but I I'm ahead, excited, Greg. like you said, for that that younger generation of Suns fans. Like I'm watching my four year old daughter here in the first series. She's chanting "Beat LA" with me. Now she's chanting "Go Suns, Go!" And like the, your your lifelong fandom is formed in those formative years, right? That's you you become a fan like, like many of us did. And there's a whole generation that didn't become Suns fans because they didn't have this for a 10 year period. Uh, and, and now outside of, outside of those who of us who saddled our kids with it, whether they were winning or not, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it's amazing to watch and know that another generation of fans is getting their passion for this team, for this sport uh, from this group of guys, because I, I remember, you know, listening to, to Al McCoy calling those Barkley era games and that that was the moment I knew come hell or high water I'm going to be a fan of this team I'll support this team uh, and and I want to just be a part of what it means to be uh, a Suns fan for life and there's a whole new group doing that now and that that's amazing it's it's really special what's happening right here and you know I think it's been fun especially for Matthew and I doing the podcast after every game this year going through the highs which are you know it, it's been a year where with a lot of highs and not so many lows you know Greg kudos to you and and Dave for holding it down for the <laughs> the four horrible years uh it, it, it's great to see it you and it's yeah it was yeah. long and you know and you, you too, too Paul. uh Paul on fanning the flames you, know, you you guys have been putting out content for a long time and to get to this point and see this team perform like they did on nights time like tonight yeah and, and now we're too busy fantastic. to regularly podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now you got those so we kids just jump but, on here with you guys so thank you yeah. for letting us <laughs> well of course i mean this is this is what it's all about uh real yeah. quick i just want to make sure we got to get this one in let us know ladies and gentlemen who is your jam star of the game I'll go around the room real quick, reminding anybody who is watching along live on YouTube to one, subscribe, two, hit the thumbs up button, and three, let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. So, Saul, we will start with you. I think I know who it is based on your four words coming into this podcast. But you just got to say, it sticks, right? Actually, no, I, I'm actually going to go somewhere completely different. The other CP campaign, when he blocked a, 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 a what's his name's shot 
And then yeah. basically cussed on national television and <laughs> yeah. then they replayed it and he cussed some more. It was beautiful. I loved every second of it. I was like, yeah, I was feeling that. I got up off my couch. I was like, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. Espo, what about you? It's got to be CP3. I mean, 17 points, 15 assists, five rebounds, zero turnovers. Some of the the, the biggest shots mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter to just slam that door shut. It, it, you know, it's, it's amazing, but to to your pick, Saul, campaign is like one to one odds that he's going to do the big ball dance in this. Uh, oh, in this absolutely. series, it's coming. If he doesn't do this, oh, this series has been a disappointment. <laughs> I was dancing around like that in my living room all game, and my wife said, "Do you have a shit in your pants or something? Like, what's going on?" Like, I'm, is campaign I, uh, Sam Cassell two point Ooh, I like that. I'm really like liking that. that. I've worn normal shaped head, but yeah, absolutely. He doesn't look like ET, but yes, it's it's. I don't know if I'd say normal, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, I think that dude. That's a great comparison. That is a great comparison. Wow, I never thought about that. <laughs> More on that coming later. All right. Boyd, on that note, Boyd has got his next article. There's my next bright side piece. Oh, I get no work done these days. Uh, all right, Paul. So who is your jam star of the game? I'm going off the board right now. And uh, my jam star of the game is uh, my podcast partner, Justin's daughter, Charlie, who's turning turned 11 today. So uh, happy, birthday, happy birthday, Charlie. Charlie. Oh, very cool. Happy birthday. We got happy your son's birthday to you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but if I'm actually that was, looking, at that was a games, moment. That was beautiful. If I'm actually looking at the game, it's my namesake, Paul. There you go. There you go. And Matthew, <laughs> there's no one named Matthew on this, yeah. on this. Well, team. first, first of all, John, John, you and your wife are who in your living room? You guys going back and forth? It's fun to hear about that. I honestly, I, I think it's Booker in a crucial part in the second half or second quarter when it was like a really bad offensive game going on, like a lot of turnovers, nothing was really moving. Booker got to the line a few times and he got that big dunk leading to a timeout going to the half. I think he was tonight's jam star. I'm just going to give it to him. I know it's so difficult with this team, of course, every night, but that was a big turning point, I think, for the Suns offensively. I know after the second, after the halftime, they came out and they played phenomenal, but honestly, that was that was the point. I think it turned everything around. And so says Jay says in the chat, she loved that boy. So again, happy birthday, Charlie. Uh, you know, it, it's... Th- it's the whole team. It's so hard. Like, you know, CP3, in my opinion, yes, he is the jam star. He's the guy who I think here, here's my crucial moment of the game is right after that scuffle between Aaron Gordon and Jay Crowder. Uh, Jay Crowder draws an offensive foul. And then you come down the court and there's that opportunity where you, you might see some blows and you might see Denver get a little chippy. If this was the Lakers series, it definitely would have happened. And CP3 just hit like a quick 16 footer and just shut the, the, the Denver Nuggets down. He said, "Nope, we're just we're going to continue playing this game, and I'm going and the team gets behind that again. They follow the leader, and in that moment, he showed me again, not like I needed to see it, but he showed me again how quality of a leader he is. Uh, somebody was in my office today talking about CP3, and they're like, "Man, that guy's annoying." I'm like, "Yeah, that's because he doesn't play for your team." This was a Lakers fan who told me if the Suns win the championship, he'll have to, he'll uh, wear a Suns shirt or a jersey of my picking around property all day long. And he's a little larger, and I got a medium jersey that used to fit me. So that's going to be really cute. Spoken <laughs> like a true Lakers fan. How many years yeah. ago did that used to fit you, John? <laughs> oh God, like fifteen years ago. It's a it's a Steve Nash Wild West uh, 
purple jersey. <laughs> so it's, it's when they had like the 30th anniversary of the 1975-76 team. It was nice. the 06, so that's when I bought it. So, uh, you know, on, on that note, those are our jam stars. Let's look at game three, okay? Game three is coming up on Friday. It, you know, a quick turnaround. I do love these quick turnarounds. I'm not going to lie. Like every other day, you're just like, okay, you know, you, you can analyze it for a little bit, and then it's right back in there. You know, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the podcast relative to how that crowd's going to be. And they're going to present Nikola Jokic with his MVP trophy, the first one in Denver Nuggets NBA history. How do you think that game turns out? Do we have any predictions here, or are we just going to sit here and go, you know what, we just won by 25 points. Fuck predictions. We're up 2-0 in the series. Do, do we do we know how much um, capacity for them or I, no? I don't. Does anyone know? I don't from- think it matters. I don't think it matters. I think this well, is I'm, just, I'm just wondering because the house for the Suns apparently you. matters. So yeah, it's um, true. It's true. It matters. It matters. It matters. But they're ready for the crowd. Yeah, even still, I mean, I'm not too worried about it. I think the Suns are definitely a team that really likes to go into – and they had one of the best, if not the best, road record in the league. They like yes. to go in to the opponent's house and shut them down. So, yeah, I mean, you know – Another great thing about this team, defense, balanced shooting, great on the road. Like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> you know, it, I mean, if, if, they, if they win on Friday, you know, it's over. I don't think any team's ever come back from 3-0. So, the like, Boston Red Sox. <laughs> different sport no. yeah. Does not in, in basketball fuck a rod so um <laughs> but you know gentlemen sweep you know we want like we got some people who are thinking about coming out to phoenix for game five so you know want to make sure they're not having a missing out on a situation so look i i think the first quarter is going to be the key in game three, because as, as you talked about the presentation of the MVP trophy, the energy that's going to be there because it's the first game uh, of the semifinals in Denver. If you can weather that storm and do very much what you have in these first two games where you come out in that third quarter and that second half and, and, and put the pedal down at that point, I I don't foresee them having huge issues. I think this will be a much closer game in Denver just because Denver's going to get the calls. Jokic will get more calls at home than he does on the road. This is more of a typical series in that way. So I think it'll be closer, but the momentum that the Suns have right now just feels like something that's that's going to be very difficult to overcome, especially if MPJ isn't healthy. If he is not fully healthy, which it doesn't look like he will be for Game Three, I think the Suns are going are gonna to take a commanding lead in this series. As, as nervous as we all are about, you know, just basketball and Suns basketball in general, <laughs> um, <laughs> sometimes you have to step back and you have to look at this series and look at these two teams as if you didn't have any buy-in to either one. What is happening on the floor? What is happening on, you know, with each each individual team when, in terms of injuries and performance? And, and any bystander should be able to tell you that the Suns are a much better team than the Nuggets, uh, especially in these two games. And with everything that's going on with the Nuggets at this moment, it's just hard to believe that the Suns are just going to completely fall flat on their face for two straight games before coming back home. So with that being said, I think game three, like Espo says, is going to be much closer. But I don't even know if that close is like two or three points or if it's just like 10 because they beat them by 17 <laughs> yeah. and 25 already. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be closer. 
but I don't know how close. And we've that, yet to like, have, we've yet ahead. to have the Devin Booker game. This yeah. is true. Yeah, because he hasn't needed to. He hasn't which, needed to. Which you know what's going to happen in this series. But which, the, uh, you know. But the great thing about it is, is that he is. He's kind of taking a little bit of CP3 on as well. He is he's realizing where the double teams are. He's trusting his teammates and they're coming through for him. So he doesn't feel like he needs to force everything. And that's the beauty of Devin Booker and the in the process and part of the part of the maturation of getting to the to the playoffs and seeing how teams are more physical and and develop as as uh, they go from game to game. It's just it's awesome. It's awesome. Oh, hey. You know, you don't know what to expect with this team. There's so much adversity that's going to happen, of course, going forward, but they can overcome really anything. I I trust them to overcome anything, even if they go into this game and lose by a couple points. You know, they'll bounce back the next game. You know, if that does happen, I'm not too worried. But I think if they just keep it close and they go into the half, you know, if it's flip-flopped and Shaq is saying, yeah, I would rather be down by 10 points or whatever the hell he was saying, then I think the Suns can still come out and take the game. I just think they can hang with this team no matter how much momentum they have after that MVP trophy is hoisted by Jokic. I don't think it phases this team. It's just they, This is just unreal how great this team is just because tonight, like in the second half, like what the hell? Everything they do on the court is just to the next level, better than any team right now. And I just don't think you can really, you know, you can't go against this team right now at all. Well, we'll see come Friday. Uh, Travis says in the chat that they're bumping up the current capacity in Denver to 18,300. So they're at full capacity in Denver come Friday. We'll see how that is. We'll see how raucous that crowd is. And we'll see how the Suns respond to a crowd that is going to be hectic and crazy. And it's going to be a good experience for our players. Uh, on that note, I think it's time to wrap up the podcast. I'd like to thank everybody who joined us in the chat, watching along live. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button to let everybody know where to get the best Phoenix Suns content. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, please subscribe, rate, and review because you're not only going to get the Suns Jam Session podcast, but also the Fanning the Flames podcast with Paul, who joined us tonight, and Justin, who's been hanging out in the chat and uh, celebrating his daughter's birthday tonight. Uh, make sure you enter code SUNSJAM at, at uh, Just Sports or whatever. Uh, Espo, <laughs> you want to tell everybody about the Sun Solar Panel? Because we're watching over there as well. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I, I just love how you come through for your sponsors there. Dropped. Speaking of sponsors, shout out to at Statman underscore Mark on Twitter. Tonight, he said Manscaped's next product should be called the Suns 1.0. I mean, those they clean those nuggets real well. So, oh. so <laughs> shout out to them if you want to get that or the lawnmower 4.0. Head over to, to uh, manscaped.com, use the code Flaming Ballers, get 20% off and free shipping. You knew I was going to get that in. Uh, if of you're course. listening to the solar panel, Wherever you get podcasts, hit that uh, review button. Give us five stars and then say whatever the hell you want. You can diss us in the written portion. I don't give a crap. As long Just as give us stars. those five stars. <laughs> and then uh, hit that join button uh, or the like button on uh, YouTube and, uh, and help us out here. Become a flaming baller. And where can they follow you, Sir Paul? Um, I am at Dervish of Whirl. As you mentioned, our podcast shares the same feed as yours. So please subscribe and you'll get my fun content along with uh, uh, Justin, uh, my co-host, who's at So Says Jay. And the uh, 
pod's Twitter handle is fan the flames NBA. See, Justin, I can do it. <laughs> well done. Good job, man. Listen, if if, if you me. subscribe to the podcast and you donate to the podcast, we might be able to buy a door for Paul's closet behind him. <laughs> that's, that's the goal before the end of, by the end of the I like it finals, better when he's in the dark. When he's in the dark, it's much better. Yeah, the, I, I always, I always feel like a woman's going to pop her head out. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there is a wedding dress in there. He does look like a drug dealer. <laughs> uh Saul where can they follow you uh you can follow me on Twitter at Saul underscore bookman the underscore is there because that book fade away is nasty oh that's one of the seasons I like that one I've been waiting all year for that yes Saul just laid on the floor and lifted his head and looked up at all of us (laughs) and Sir Matthew at Matthew Paul Lissy Fantastic. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you subscribe again. Uh, you can follow our show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and the Phoenix Fans app. You can follow me at Darth Voida. We'll see you come Friday night. Thank you, everybody. Uh, hashtag chugging with the fellas. That's what it's all about. We'll see you Friday. Matthew. Go home, love your family. I want to hear you scream out. Mug the nose, my mug, mug the nose. Hey. Mug the nose, my mug, mug the nose. Yeah. Mug the nose, my mug, mug.